metronome. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and hi guys, welcome to another edition of uh, Jane and Michael's podcast, The Content and the Machine. And um, you know what, we were actually having this very interesting conversation about why people can't handle you and why I seem to have at least a very... <laughs> superficial grasp a tentative grasp yes yes um it's because i don't give a shit about reality (laughs) and the fact that people you know what the fact that people are having trouble processing you and your me me like me as in jane your very existence yes (laughs) like however ephemeral it may be your very existence in that moment the fact that people are having trouble processing that is because they're holding on to that small sliver of reality (laughs) that they feel like they have control over you have zero control over anything (laughs) that is actually a very good point like i feel like i feel like um i do break a lot of norms that people tend to define themselves by so i I apologize to to all 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 of you who are are apologizing no, I'm not apologizing. No, this is just for show. Yeah, no. Okay, no, I'm not sorry. You, you, no, you shouldn't be sorry. You know why? Because reality doesn't give a shit about how weak you are. Truly. Yeah. And the universe is cruel and chaotic. Yeah, and, and Jane is just like the messenger. <laughs> excuse me? What do you mean excuse you? I'm not excusing you for anything. <laughs> Jane is just the messenger. She, she just came to be your reckoning. <laughs> and, and she's saying, bitch, your time is up. Let's go. I can't. Yeah, yes, you can. I can't. Yes, you can. You've been doing it your entire life. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, this is this is why we have a podcast, guys. It's just because like gems like these, I feel like should be shared with the world. It should be shared with the world. It should. It should. It should. Right. But coming back to the world, what mm-hmm. a shit show. Have you seen the week? So this week has been a strange week on a personal and also on a global level. level. Yeah. Let's start off macro and go down micro. Okay, actually. let's do it. So macro level, Trump has been taking, um, a hy- I, you know, I don't even know how to pronounce it, hydrochloroquine or whatever, that uh-huh. malaria drug. Uh-huh. Apparently it increases your risk of cardiovascular disease. <laughs> <laughs> and it has zero si- it, it has zero evidence of actually preventing COVID-19, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. Um, so he's kind of doing us a favor and, you know... What, do Possibly. You want, but do you want Mike Pence to be in power? Ugh, no. Yeah. That's an issue, so too. So it's like a double-edged sword at this point. Truly. You know, yeah. we talked about this on our last podcast, but you have to be careful for what you wish for. Yeah, you do. Like, people don't know what they want. Yeah. They just, they think of a thing, they're like, ooh, I want that. But they don't realize that it comes like, with a lot of consequences. Actually, you know, this this ties back really neatly with our introduction. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I actually wish for the universe to give me a sign. I just didn't know it would be Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Um, on a on a tangentially related note, yeah. Um, so I'm hearing mixed reports regarding this. Moderna uh-huh. apparently did um, an RNA drug test for COVID nineteen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. regarding a possible vaccine. Yeah, it's shown apparently promising results. Mm-hmm. I'm getting mixed results. I'm I'm getting mixed input regarding this. Mm-hmm. Some people are telling me it was a small sample size. Other uh-huh. people are telling me it was on chimpanzees. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> One of those is noticeably <laughs> markedly worse than the other. <laughs> so I don't know which is true. Wait a minute. Like, I, was, I was not expecting the chimpanzees. No. Um, I feel like if there's this much uh, what, how should I say, <laughs> dissonance among the sources of information, then it probably isn't true. Like It probably isn't 
anything but, that we can consider right. significant. You know what else is interesting? So I was talking to my friend, my uh, my friend um, mm-hmm. Dulik. He's the guy that I do the biotech startup uh-huh, thing uh-huh, with, uh-huh. Uh, and he brought up how um, they're doing a lot of testing for uh, COVID. Uh, was it COVID protein samples mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in wastewater mm-hmm. to see if uh, it's in line with their expectations? But what they're finding is like in in a lot of areas, they're finding a lot more COVID nineteen back uh, RNA samples than mm-hmm. they would have expected, mm-hmm. which means more people have had it than they initially tested mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Which means one of two things: mm-hmm. there are still people out there without symptoms mm-hmm. spreading the disease. Mm-hmm. And there mm-hmm. are people who are getting better without symptoms. Mm-hmm. That means people have built up an immunity to mm-hmm. it already. Mm-hmm. Well, the human body is extremely robust. That's how we have survived. I mean, it's it's amazing. Just consider how stupid the average person is, and yet is we, as a civilization, we as like a species, have survived this far. So the human body is extremely robust. Yeah. No. You know what? We mm-hmm. should have died a long time ago. We absolutely should have. But somehow, like it's it's you know our bodies are able to recode ourselves, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a very good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Recoding ourselves. Mm-hmm. Speaking of recoding ourselves, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jane, how, how does it feel to have met your college friends after such a long hiatus? Well, so, by the way, guys, still, I'm the advocate of social distancing, but I did see my college friends after a long time of not seeing them because... Right. You know, we weren't able to get together because of Corona and whatnot. And this is this is what we're going to talk about today. So Korean drinking games and all of my Korean friends know what these are. And it like I, I think um, Michael brought up a really good point when we were eating lunch earlier. But it's like uh, Korean people. And I think this applies to Korean people in general. But like Korean people definitely like gamification of everything. Yeah. And drinking in particular is one of them. But if you also look at just how, how games are really popular here and how, like, um, what is it? The three self-made billionaires in Korea are all tech-related, all gaming companies. Um, you, you start to realize, that, huh, we're really bored as a society, aren't we? I feel like it's more like... Or stressed. Stressed. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, I, this, this was the argument that I was making to Jane, and I make this with all my Canadian friends, all my American friends and whatnot. Mm-hmm. When I go drinking with my friends... I'm there to have a good time. I'm there to drink. Mm-hmm. I'm there to talk with my friends. Mm-hmm. Here in Korea, I go out drinking. I've I've noticed this when I went drinking back in college with mm-hmm. Koreans, mm-hmm. and I haven't gone drinking with Koreans for that <laughs> reason ever since. Um, they turned it into a game, mm-hmm. and the loser has to drink. Yep. And I'm thinking, <clears throat> a I'm actually pretty good good at games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I've ever lost a drinking game. That's the issue. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm there to drink, but I can't drink because I keep winning. Uh-huh. Other people are taking all my drinks, and I have to pay the same amount. It's not <laughs> economically feasible now, is it? <laughs> so it's a bit unfair. And this is coming from a Canadian, by the way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're all about, like, you know, we're all about uh, liberal values, mm-hmm. socialist values, etc. Mm-hmm. Et everyone should have a drink. Yeah. It's everyone's drink. You know? Yeah, not just for the one percenters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and shit like that. But... <clears throat> so there's that and second like why does everything have to be a game mm-hmm. like sometimes you literally just want to uh, sit have a drink you mm-hmm. know have a good talk with mm-hmm. you have like a candid talk with your mm-hmm. friends mm-hmm. and then as soon as the alcohol goes down everything becomes a game mm-hmm. absolutely 
And I swear to God, I mean, again, it's because of the extreme high levels of stress that permeates through the society. Right. And uh, here, let me tell you a funny story. So Soman, if you're listening, this is a shout out to you. But Soman recently moved to Cacao, actually. Oh, did she? Mm-hmm. And then um, on her, like, I think it was her first day of work, her, fi- her first official day of work, they had something called a hueshik. Hueshik is basically just like a company dinner where it's sort of like, I guess, a it's supposed to be a team building activity. It's questionable whether it does build teams, but how is it a team building activity when everybody inside is hoping that the team lead is gonna go home early? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, speaking of the team lead, so it was Soman's first hushik, like after moving to the company, and you know Soman's like a very like hilarious person, so everyone was just like really, you know, just dying over the fact that she's such a hilarious person and then so the, they were enamored by her mm-hmm, they're, they're enamored and the tepunim apparently the team leader in the middle of the of the hishik of the first round he disappeared and then he sent a picture to the group chat and was like this is Ita, find me <laughs> what literally no yeah he literally gamified a fucking company dinner <laughs> like so they had oh my to, god, I hate you so they, much. They, had, they were running around Pangyo trying to find their team leader, trying to figure out which restaurant he was in. Oh my god, you know what's even worse? I I, I used to work in Pangyo, by the way. I yeah. used to live in Soyan. Yeah. That place is massive. I know, I know. So, I mean, he just, he completely just gamified it. What a dick. I know, and like, it's amazing because that's not even like a, a drinking game. That's like playing games with drinking itself. Like So, like... Yeah. Okay. So and 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 uh, yeah. I feel like it's it's because of the stress. Because the older you get, especially yeah. in Korea, the propensity to make dad jokes is just off the chart. <laughs> yeah, that's and, the ultimate dad joke. No. And here, what? 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 Did I make a dad? No, joke? No. 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 Oh. I'm talking about. Oh. Okay. So I was like, did I make a dad joke? I fucking hate dad jokes. <laughs> but in Korea, you call them aje Yeah. Aje literally means just then. Old man, old jokes. man jokes. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't have to be married to make it. Yeah, it's true. Any old man just makes it, and mm. and things are hilarious. Although I have to say, I'm a fan of Ajay Gegu. Yeah, I'm, this is. I'm, I'm a fan of dad jokes for sure. Yeah, this is why our friendship only goes so far, James. I know. <laughs> <laughs> there comes a moment when I start cracking all these dad jokes, and then Michael just starts like lazing over, and then he's like, "All right, it's time for me to leave." <laughs> like, you don't know how much effort it takes for me to keep Jane from making dad jokes in this podcast. <laughs> but I digress. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to drinking, uh, it's it's very evident that they think of the, these games mm-hmm. as team building exercises like mm-hmm. how you mentioned mm-hmm. but in your experience mm-hmm. does it help build teams i think so <laughs> really okay give me so, examples the thing is look i am opposite of you were i mean okay i just like drinking like in general like whether it's with a game or without a game but i also do find a lot of fun in games okay so before we before we continue on uh-huh. down this track uh jane really likes drinking she likes drinking so much that when she goes into the er for iv fluid she gets alcohol shots instead <laughs> so <laughs> <Continue>. good times <laughs> good times but anyways so um i am definitely a fan of games and i realize a lot of korean people also like playing games when they drink not only because of the stress but because korean people tend to be kind of awkward. And they're not very good at having genuine, sincere conversations with people that they're not very close with. So 
when they're when you're at a Heshik, there's not much to talk about unless it's superficial stuff, right? And a game gives something to do. And it becomes like a conversation starter. It becomes a center of... It becomes a group activity so that people can all relate to it. So that's what I realized with a lot of like these drinking games. Because you wouldn't play drinking games with like close friends unless, you know, you're, just, you're like maybe you're on a trip and you're just doing it for fun. Yeah, no, actually, that's a very good point because mm-hmm. my friend is who I'm meeting actually later tonight mm-hmm. um, to catch up with all of my co- college friends. Mm-hmm. Um, they listen, my friends listen to this podcast. Oh, they do. Uh, because What's up, Michael's friends? Uh, yeah, guys. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> go on, go on. But then uh, one of my friends actually said, oh my God, how do you guys talk about the, these topics without drinking? I would uh-huh. never be able to do this if mm-hmm. I'm sober. I thought to myself, why would you ever talk about these topics when you're drinking? I know. <laughs> that would just ruin the uh, moment. And I'm, uh, And you brought up a very good point. Everybody here is awkward and they don't want to get too close to a person Mm -hmm. but they feel like in order to maintain that boundary Mm -hmm. they have to maintain this awkwardness Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is so so sad it's so sad like there's not a lot of people who know how to make genuine connections here there definitely are i've met a lot of them and like not just like people who studied abroad or like there's plenty of just you know native korean people korean korean people who are very open-minded and who are very kind and i became friends with them because they are such you know open-minded people but it definitely is an overarching theme in this society, I would say. Like, for some reason, people are afraid of genuine connection. And maybe it comes from, and we were talking about this earlier as well. I, th- I guess it's a good segue, but this comes from a, a fear of failure. People are, are afraid that, let's say they open up a little bit too much, or they make a new friend, and it might fail, right? Or, or people might judge them. And they are so afraid of that that they're not willing to make a genuine connection, not willing to take take the first step and open up. And that's where, like, the whole awkward, uh, let's do drinking games sort of thing happens. Right. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't think people being afraid of failure is just... It, it's, it's certainly more severe here in Korea mm-hmm. and even worse in Japan. Mm-hmm. But uh, in general... People are just afraid of failure everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, I mean, which... and it's not just Korean people. I'm I'm speaking just on this particular subject, right. but it, it does apply to everybody. Right, right, right. So actually, I want to bring up a very interesting story. Go back to the macro level. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. podcast king of the internet, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. signed an exclusive exclusive deal with Spotify. Oh so yeah, he, I saw that. Yeah, he's moving off of YouTube. I know. Now, that's a huge. That's a huge move. It's a huge, it's a major move. Mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft also, also has a mm-hmm. com- competitor to Twitch. And I bring this up for a very specific reason. Because mm-hmm. when they launched that service, they signed Ninja to an mm-hmm. exclusive deal. Do you remember Ninja? No. The guy who plays Fortnite. Oh, what? Yeah. And they paid millions upon millions of dollars to sign him to an exclusive deal. And I remember this. Holy. But then, <clears throat> I bring up failure mainly because, look, look. The Ninja deal, mm-hmm. total failure. Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan, nobody knows. But there's mm-hmm. already such a bad precedent mm-hmm. of assigning an exclusive talent, mm-hmm. a major talent, mm-hmm. failing and just sinking millions of dollars down mm-hmm. uh, down mm-hmm. the drain. Mm-hmm. And yet Spotify had the audacity, the bravado to sign Joe Rogan to an exclusive deal because they felt like his content was worth it. Mm-hmm. Um 
I feel like that sort of failure and success and risk taking is very much lauded in 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 many parts of the world, mm-hmm. where startups, entrepreneurship, and you know just people doing things unorthodox, mm-hmm. like you, mm-hmm. um, thrive. Mm-hmm. Which is why, if you go to the states, if you go to Sweden, heck, even mm-hmm. a lot of people just don't go to college because they feel like they don't learn anything, which mm-hmm. is. True, on the most part, for most people, mm-hmm. and then you come to Korea. Mm-hmm. People are so afraid of failure. Yeah, there's so much stigma around failure. Mm-hmm. If you fail once in your life, you're a failure for life. Yeah, and apparently that becomes who you are, which isn't true. No, it isn't true. And yet, if you come to Korea, college admissions rates mm-hmm. are at eighty-five percent mm-hmm. and higher. Mm-hmm. Like nine out of ten, every person you meet, mm-hmm. nine out of every ten people you meet mm-hmm. have gone to college. Right. So I feel like the discrepancy is, and I've actually felt this too. Mm-hmm. Like it, people, uh, uh, just bringing this back to drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I feel like drinking games, drinking everything. You're right. It has to do with the underlying culture mm-hmm. because people drink because it's their only outlet. Outlet. Yeah. But then they play games because they're so afraid of creating connections that might fail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting dichotomy that mm-hmm. you see in this. Mm-hmm short window yeah yeah and of course this is just a generalization obviously like on an individual level people drink for different reasons and yeah. obviously there are people who are like mm-hmm. who are good at making friends and who are, who are just you know like chill in general but speaking from a general like a general point of view and i've also been in many different sort of drinking situations because i'm always like that one person that you know kind of just shows up at a party by myself and yeah, i just no, kind of <laughs> totally and i just no, kind of like, gauge the environment you know you're just sitting there and you're like was jane always there <laughs> when did she come <laughs> and it's my party now bitches <laughs> like, oh, oh you thought it was your party oh shit i think it's my cue to leave oh no 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 you can't leave <laughs> oh so um i've been in many different drinking situations and i've observed a lot of people in different situations and i think it's that I think it's that um, a lot of the time people just don't want to make genuine connections. And then uh, there's another interesting thing. So like when people who are like, you know, they're like elementary school friends or middle school friends or high school friends. So especially in Korea, it's a huge culture to be really close with their elementary school friends, which is very strange. It is very My strange. dad is still like butt buddies with his elementary school friends. And I, I just don't understand how. But um, a lot of the times people hold on to that because they're so afraid to meet new people as adults. So they like to hold on to the people that knew them as children. And that, by the way, longevity of your friendship or no, like no matter how long you've known someone, it does not make them a better person or a better friend. Don't ever confuse that. I think, I mean, there's plenty of people that I've known for like 10 years who honestly, I just don't vibe with. And then there's people that I met, like, you know, like Michael, like a year and a half ago, <laughs> Michael, don't look at me like that. <laughs> uh, so who I, I thought, who I thought would make a great friend. <laughs> uh, Jane actually did bring this up before the podcast started. Uh, she said, "Hi, Michael, you were trying so hard not to be my friend, and here we are." And I said, "Ah, oh, you're right." <laughs> I know. I I I kind of I kind of orchestrated this one. You did. I truly did. You know what? <laughs> so here, you know, actually, I'm gonna tell the story. So back. When we were both at Carrie, mm-hmm. I was trying so hard not to be her friend because mm-hmm. because here's the thing, I don't really like being friends with people I work with. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> right, and then Jane comes in, 
sees the door, and instead of knocking, she takes a battering ram <laughs> straight through, says, Hi, Michael. I invited myself. Do you want to come join me? And I said, Do I need permission to be in my own room? And she said, I guess you do. <laughs> and from that day forth, Jane and I have been partners in crime and yes. causing shenanigans all over Seoul. Absolutely. I would be surprised if the mayor doesn't know our names by now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. I mean, like, it seems like we went off a lot of tangents, but I think the overlying theme is that, like, you know, genuine connection is difficult as an adult. And I think I've seen a lot of my friends struggle with this, not just, you know, in Korea, but in, in the States as well. And, so... yeah, no, you brought up your dad mm-hmm. being great buddies with his elementary school friends. Mm-hmm. But how many... So he, that's the very interesting thing. Mm-hmm. How many friends do you know from elementary school? Do you remember from elementary school? Dude, I talked to zero because I went to an American public school and it's called uh, Willow Ridge Elementary and I don't talk to any of them. I just don't, I don't know where they are. I don't know if they're like, okay. Yeah. But my best friend was this Indian guy named Pranav who was like super cool. But otherwise... Shout out to Jane's best friend from elementary school. If you're listening to this, don't hit us up. Pranav... I hope you're okay out there. I don't know what's happening to you, but like your parents were super intense. So I hope that you didn't, you know, have too many mental health issues while you were growing up. Is that how you guys bonded in elementary school over mental health issues? (laughs) No, his parents were so intense though. But in any case. No, but it's like that for me. Like Mm -hmm. I went to elementary, I went to, I I went to two different elementary schools. Mm -hmm. No, three different elementary schools, and mm-hmm. then I moved to middle and high school to the same school, mm-hmm. and and then I went to college. I don't talk to anybody that I've met in elementary school. Mm-hmm. I only talk, I barely talk to my high school friends. Mm-hmm. I rarely talk with my college friends. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm, you just don't like people in general. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> let me do, let me tell my story. <laughs> <laughs> don't interrupt. My bad. But my point is, look, relationships are fleeting by nature. Mm-hmm. You can't keep it for life. Mm-hmm. Like the only relationships that you can't keep for life are the relationships you put a, a conscious effort into. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But <clears throat> you don't have to put a conscious effort into every relationship. And mm-hmm. the, and bringing this back to failure and mm-hmm. making lasting connections, it just the if you put yourself under that much pressure, you're not gonna bond with anybody. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like you, the, your, not your, like a universal you, but like your constant need for control and perfection on every front is going to be your failure. Oh shit. That was a personal attack. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Right, Michael? Like you just got to let things go. (laughs) I hate you so much. So Jay, Jay, uh, Mm -hmm. just an FYI, Jane Mm -hmm. is like, I, uh, I kept everything under control at work. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Jane's the one who came in with the explosive, just like, yeah, surrounded the perimeter in TNT. (laughs) And then decided, oh, this is going to make great confetti. Bam! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. There goes my life's work. (laughs) Oh, Lord. I mean, yeah. The the reason why I'm laughing is because I literally cannot deny anything that Michael is saying right now. No. And and it's it's, it's not intentional, though. Like, I don't... I don't, I'm not destructive on purpose. It's just that I grew up in very, very particular circumstances. I had a very particular childhood. And um, it's just kind of like 
it was just kind of ingrained into me mm-hmm. to do things in an unorthodox way. And for some reason, I've always thought that was okay. Like uh, No, but here's the thing. You yeah. taught me a lot in that process mm-hmm. because I really do like having control over my situation. Mm-hmm. But, but, but after Jane's birthday party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the a infamous lot, birthday party. Uh, yeah, a lot of things changed because I realized, dude, there's so many people out there who think nothing like me. Mm-hmm. And those people are the vast majority of the population populist mm-hmm. and if they're the market sentiment who am i to say that they're wrong mm-hmm. after that i just let everything go <laughs> like you don't understand like i started wearing hoodies to work <laughs> that's so true yeah. at one point you start wearing hoodies yeah you were always in like, you, he, he was always in a dress shirt and i was wearing like sweats and stuff yeah and then one day he just showed up in a hoodie i was like what yeah, it's like, that's not Michael, Michael imposter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but basically you're just recoding your algorithm. Yeah, because I realized it, there's a lot of stuff you can't control. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought to myself, heck, you know what? If I can't control it, I might as well not be afraid of the failure. I might as well just let it flow and see where it takes me. Mm-hmm. And I, that's how it worked for a lot of my work connections. So my current boss, mm-hmm. I met back five years ago mm-hmm. when I was still a venture analyst. Mm-hmm. Um he came up to me with like the sweetest smile and the first thing that comes in my mind was like what the hell does this guy want from me Mm -hmm. i thought he was a con artist Mm -hmm. and he turns out he's a really great guy he became my boss Mm -hmm. i met another guy um i met a bunch of guys who were doing a startup Mm -hmm. in the states Mm -hmm. and then one of my other friends actually joined them and then it turns out those guys were scamming Yeah, went black on investors, did a fake buyout, like ran away with investor money. Wow. And shit like that. Yeah. So you can never tell. Right. Everything like in Rick and Morty, I saw your I saw your story with Jess Jesse Mm -hmm. Our our Rick and Morty shorts. Yeah. Shirts. Rick always says, Living life is is gambling. Mm Mm-hmm. Every every decision you make is Mm -hmm. gambling. Mm Mm-hmm. You're taking a risk one way or the Mm -hmm. other. Mm Mm-hmm. So I say, fuck it. Why not just why not just embrace the chaos? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So there's a movie that I really like. It's mm-hmm. called Mr. Nobody. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. It's weird as fuck because the main character is Jared Leto. So it is really weird. And I'm not trying to... I wouldn't say that it's completely like you know wonderfully executed. Right. There's lots of strange parts in the story and like disjointed narrative that doesn't really make sense and like there are some issues with it but in any case i love it i love the concept of it and it's called mr nobody because there's this guy who cannot decide anything in life sounds like somebody that i used to know (laughs) sounds like many people i used to know (laughs) and i no longer know them so (laughs) but like he it starts off like um his parents were divorcing and he had to choose between his mom and his dad and he refused to choose And so in that moment when he refused to choose, his life split off into different timelines, right? Oh, shit. Yeah, so then, like, it's basically a narrative surrounding the different timelines that could have happened, right? Uh But um, in the end, though, it makes him nobody because he was never able to decide. So it's a very interesting concept. And I really, like, it's such such an impactful movie for me. And so when you say, like, life is gambling and just being born in itself is a risk, you know, like yeah. it's, it's Russian roulette, basically. <laughs> um, there's nothing you can do about it, but embracing the knowledge and operating yourself with that knowledge and accepting it 
makes a world difference, in my opinion. I might be wrong, but in my opinion, it does. No, it's so true. Mm-hmm. Because... Because you got to be somebody. You do have to be somebody. You got to be somebody. And you don't have to be a big somebody, but you got to be somebody, right? Right. Like, we have... Like, a lot of people in the world... Mm-hmm. Now, we keep, we keep bringing this up, but a lot of people in the world don't mm-hmm. have a spine. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate. It is very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Like, um, a lot of people that I've worked with, uh, mm-hmm. some of whom that you've also worked with, mm-hmm. uh, don't know how to make decisions for their lives mm-hmm. and end up relying on others to make decisions and end up blaming them if those decisions go awry. Mm-hmm. It, the only reason why they made those wrong decisions is mm-hmm. because you couldn't come to a decision by yourself. Mm-hmm. And yet, like they read the same books, they read the same articles that we do, which mm-hmm. is essentially saying... Any decision is better than no decision. No mm-hmm. decision, mm-hmm. and yet they still struggle to come to a decision, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is very unfortunate. Although mm-hmm. I think they've also read that article, which says people who are incredibly intelligent mm-hmm. tend to be more indecisive because mm-hmm. they wait for all the information. Right. But let me tell you something: people who are extremely intelligent don't end up financially successful. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. So, are you saying that I'm going to be rich, Michael? I'm saying you're probably going to rob a bank. <laughs> well, that's settled then. Yeah, no. Uh, you know what? You should, you should download GTA 5. <laughs> Get some practice before you go for yeah, the actual thing. Absolutely. Well, so I guess the takeaway from this is that... Um, Jane's going to rob a bank. <laughs> no, I'm going to be financially successful because clearly I'm not intelligent enough to not make decisions because I don't wait for any information. Like... <laughs> No, I, you know what? Maybe, you know, in your case, I think you should wait for a bit more information. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, wait, who the hell? Can I bring up that? Can I bring up your sepsis story? Oh, yeah, sure, go ahead. Okay, so my biggest question is who, who? I'm so, I'm still so, like, flabbergasted by uh-huh. that story. Who the hell doesn't know they have sepsis? Wait, what do you mean? Like, how? No, oh, so, I knew. I had a. Fever of like thirty nine point right, right, right. But then you got injured the night mm-hmm. before. Uh huh. How how? What was your injury again? No, 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 I didn't get injured the night before. I got injured a week before. What the hell? That's even worse. No, but then like so, I was taking care of the wound. Obviously, I was like you know putting bandages on and whatnot. But then I was just it was a really stressful week, and I was already a little bit sick. And then somehow that little bacteria just found like a pinhole in my immunity's defenses and just went for it, right? Started ravaging my body, you know, 39.8 degree uh, Celsius fever. Like it was like, it was dangerous. Yeah, I'm no, gonna say that had... I did, I did br- have a, br- a slight brush with death, but that's also the reason why I literally just walked out of work. I was like, I, I'm sick, I gotta go. You know, just a slight mm-hmm. confrontation with death. She had COVID-19 before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I actually did have pneumonia. Oh, shit. What the hell? Well, I told you this. <laughs> Jay, I didn't. Can you like stop dying? <laughs> Are you Kenny from South Park? <laughs> wait, wait, hold on a sec. Hold on. Okay, actually, this is important. This is a PSA. This again, we always talk about COVID nineteen, but you can't fuck around with this virus because you can't fuck around with pneumonia. And this is why. Hmm. In the winter of two thousand fifteen, um, I had pneumonia. It started off as a cold, and at the time I was a smoker. I kept on smoking, and it turned into bronchitis. But me being stupid, I kept on smoking because that's what smokers do. You just do it because you're fucking stupid. And then it devolved into pneumonia. And that level of pain, I cannot ever forget. 
it's a sort of, it's a very visceral fear that you feel when you feel your lungs filling up with fluid and you're breathing, but you're not getting enough oxygen. And it's just, and every single breath hurts. You can't talk. Like it was, I was absolutely educated on the fact of what, of, of why people used to die of whooping cough, right? So um, after, I, after my bout with pneumonia, I had like two, so for every day for two weeks, I had to go, drag myself to the hospital and get an IV for like three hours and then get an extra, like a chest x-ray. This is for two weeks, right? And while I was in that room getting the IV, I was with a bunch of other grandmas and grandpas who all had pneumonia as well. And it's just, I hate to put it in this sense, but it just sounds like death. This is what, this is what dying sounds like. And I was humbled. So after, my, after this bout with pneumonia, I quit, smoke, I quit sober smoking. I still smoke when I drink though. And that was kind of like a bad habit of mine. As soon as COVID-19 hit, I just quit smoking on the spot. Like I, I don't even think about it. Um, no matter how drunk I get, I don't even try to buy cigs. So this is like a double, so two messages right here. First of all, do not fuck with this virus. And second of all, quit smoking if you have the chance, right? And on that somber note. <laughs> and on um, that note, I hope you guys have a great end. week. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Um, I really hope that PSA didn't drive you off. We're already way over time. Okay, you're and, right. Um, yeah, um, next week we're going to be talking about coffee. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Let's, we'll, we'll take it on a lighter note. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we said this week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.